It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Having a really fun morning, seven days before Christmas morning. So this time next week, you will be waking up with the family, presents around the tree, drinking some hot chocolate, lots of coffee. Um, and I'm glad you're here with us. I know it's a busy time of year. 404-872-0750. I've really enjoyed hearing Christmas traditions, uh, some of our callers. And uh, one of our callers mentioned the Rich's Pink Pig. I'm going to keep saying that because I am an Atlanta native, so I remember Rich's department store. But then, of course, became the Macy's Pink Pig and then moved to Lenox Square. And uh, Priscilla, as a little bit of trivia, was the name of one of the monorails of one of the pigs. And Gerald called from Atlanta to let me know that there was actually two pigs. There were two monorails. I had forgotten about that. Uh, Percival. I didn't realize that. Percival was the name of the other pig. So a lot of you Atlanta natives probably remember that. Thanks for that, Gerald. A little bit of trivia. If you maybe go to a Atlanta trivia show here in the next week, that that could be a good question for the holidays. 404-872-0750. So Keeping on with the Christmas traditions, up next, talking to Susan. Good morning. Thanks for calling the show this morning. Well, good morning. Um, Several years ago, um, at Thanksgiving dinner, we were talking about our blessings and um, talked about giving back. So we said, uh, uh, as a mother, as a matriarch, I said, you know, let's, let's give back to people that serve us. And in doing so, you're all out of college now. I want you to put back 50 or or $100 bill in your wallets. Mm-hmm. And as you sit around the table or if you're in a store and someone that is serving you speaks to your heart, make sure that you give that money to that person and do it as anonymously as you can. I so, love that. We do not speak of what we do um, because we don't, we don't, we do it from our hearts. But on Christmas, you know, during the Thanksgiving Christmas season, but on Christmas afternoon after lunch, we talk about our blessing of giving back and who that particular person was and how they touched us. But it's all about listening to your heart um, because your heart will tell you that person that is in need. You can so that's tell, what we do. right? Yeah. yeah, if you pay attention to people and you're willing to listen to their stories or just give them a smile when maybe they're having a bad day, I mean, you're always going to get a better reaction from somebody, right? You do. And, you know, just the neatest part about it is just walking away and, you know, your heart just fills up. So that's our tradition, and we have tried to continue it through our grandchildren. That's what we do, and it is such a blessing. That's so neat. And there is something to be said, Susan, too, for, for being anonymous, you know, because it almost makes you feel giddy and like you kind of got away with something. My husband and I did that years ago at a Waffle House. We paid for a veteran who was seated at the counter by himself, eating breakfast by himself. And, of course, here I am at the table telling my husband this whole story about this person I don't even know. You know, what if he's widowed? What if his, you know, where? why is he alone? So, you know, you're coming up with all these possible scenarios and so by the end of the meal we were like okay well, we're gonna leave enough money you know to cover his meal and being anonymous and not wanting credit for it but I mean we ran out of there like like little kids just giggling like we got away with something but it, it does it yeah. makes you feel so good I think I think it's more of a blessing to you than it is it could be to that person you never know 
But uh, and especially in the times we're living in right now and you go into restaurants and there's not enough servers or there's not enough cooks um, more now is a better time than not to do it. Well, Susan, God bless you and Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for teaching that to your grandkids, too. That is so important. Oh, you, you, thank you, and Merry Christmas to you. You too. I love that. That that really makes you feel good. And this time of year is so full of wonderful stories and charitable opportunities. And one that comes to my mind immediately is the great work you helped us do with Clark's Christmas Kids last weekend. Uh, Clark Howard has been on a 31-year endeavor to make sure that children in the foster care system in Georgia don't wake up, whether it's at the orphanage or whether it's at a foster home with new parents, they don't wake up without gifts on Christmas morning. So we work very closely with DFACS and make sure that all of those children in the system are able to provide a list of three things that they want. Um, And then all of you, our great listeners and partners with Channel 2, a lot of our sponsors that came forward this year, we did it in less than 48 hours, made sure that 8,500 kids in the foster care system each got three gifts, 25,500 gifts. We more than exceeded that. And then, you know, you consider new kids coming into the foster care system every day, maybe as soon as today or tomorrow being taken away from their families for whatever. And that just, I mean, I, I cried for probably the entire Friday last week knowing of how generous all of you were and how good that really felt to make sure a child was provided for. And, you know, I, I full disclosure, <clears throat> I am not the best tipper. Um, when Susan's talking about going out to a restaurant, uh, my mom and my husband both are like, just give me the bill. You're not even going to be able to leave the tip. I'm very critical. You know, how was the service? Did the food come out on time? But Susan's absolutely right. Like, they are short-staffed. It is not the server's fault if the kitchen is backed up. And so leaving a really generous tip probably could make someone's day. But also, you know, I mean, my husband and my mom remind me, you know, you don't know that person's story. And at any job, that person could choose to just be home, not working. They could be, you know, choosing to be at home, collecting unemployment, just in between jobs, not really, you know, have a fire lit underneath them to get a a job. So those people are out working, especially around the holidays. I love that idea of that tradition, Susan. Thank you so much. All right. Up next to Cobb County we go, and it's Wesley from Marietta. Good morning. Good morning. So what you got with your juniper? Well, I got <clears throat> I got blue rug junipers. Yeah? They're real low growing on a steep bank in front of my house. And uh, I got zoya's grass in my lawn, and it's growing down through those. And I was wondering if something I could spray on to get rid of my uh, zoysia grass in the blue rug junipers. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And you told Ann, our phone screener, that you even have kind of a metal barrier and that's not keeping the zoysia runners out? Well, it stops it, but at the ends, you know, where it joins together, mm-hmm. it's, it sneaks through there. <laughs> it does. Oh, boy. So what I'm thinking, um, this may be a little tough. There's There's a couple of things. Uh, preen is a good pre-emergent for flower beds, um, not necessarily on lawns, but that could be a start because if you're putting preen, a granule, granular out in the juniper, it's going to keep other things from you know cropping up through it because there's nothing prettier than that blue rug color. And so when you've got these bright lime green weeds coming up, it's kind of an eyesore. I'd maybe start with that, keep preen handy, but as far as, yeah, keeping the zoysia out... Uh, Roundup, I mean, that's obviously a non-selective herbicide, Wesley, that's going to kill it. But that's also going to be hurtful to the juniper as well. I don't think there's any way 
of applying Roundup that'll only hurt the grass and not the juniper. Uh-huh. Other than the physical barrier of keeping that zoysia out of the juniper, I don't know that I have another idea. So this is when I'm going to solicit landscapers that are listening that are just getting out to start their day, other gardeners as well. Um, if you have ideas for Wesley, because I was even thinking, you know, uh, seeding, you know, when zoysia goes to seed and when you're seeding for it and filling in, making sure that none of the seed gets where you don't want it. Uh, 404-872-0750 if you have advice for Wesley, because I'm with you. You don't want that to continue. And also maybe just cutting out a really good uh, barrier, thick, thick with mulch that's probably... I would do at least three or four inches wide to where at the edge of the juniper, you've got it outlined with a three or four inch wide bed of a thick layer of mulch to give it a little more space to then where the juniper or or the zoysia lawn begins. Um, But even over time, I guess the runners, depending on you have a healthy zoysia lawn. I mean, that's not a bad problem to have. But yeah, depending on that, uh, the speed in which the runners are just going to overtake that mulch spot in no time. Wesley, stay tuned to the radio, and I promise we'll get you some help from folks who may have more wise ideas than me. 404-872-0750 is the number. Jamming out to some Christmas tunes today. I've got Brent with me. I've got Anne. Would love to hear from you with your Christmas traditions. 404-872-0750. And coming up in just a few minutes, Pike Nursery with Living Christmas Trees. If that's something you're interested in, whether they're for yourself or for someone else, stay tuned. Good morning. Glad you're here on Greeny Growing, WSB. on your Saturday morning coming up to the uh, Home Fix It show. Dave Baker from 9 to noon. I'm giving him a lot of promotion. I hope he back promotes my show. So uh, once you miss the show, not to worry. It is podcasted on WSBradio.com under the On Demand section. You can also listen back to each hour of the show uh, through any podcasting service um, on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all of that. That is kind of cool. Uh, The weather update today brought to you by Finley Roofing. Showers, rain likely for most of metro Atlanta. High of 70, though. Low of 49. Clearing skies tomorrow. High of only 56 and low of 38. And then starting off the week, partly to mostly cloudy for a Monday. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Okay, we'll start off with a big one, and you may roll your eyes and think I'm not going to do that one. But number one, make your own mulch. I think that's a good idea. If you have a lot of limbs and branches that are just looking very uh, cluttered and it's just debris in the yard and you need a a use for them, rent a chipper, shredder, turn small branches, woody perennial stems into mulch. Make your own and go ahead and put those in beds to kind of insulate some of your uh, flowers, shrubs, plants that you want to uh, protect from the cold winter weather if and when it comes. Number two, keep poinsettias happy this time of year. There's one in the newsroom here at the radio station I'm a little worried about. I love that it's there, but I don't know that anyone's going to take care of it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick my finger in the top of the soil. That's when you water it. If it's dry, water it. If it's even a little bit damp, leave it alone. Let that soil dry out and don't leave uh, any of it in standing water either, whether it's on a saucer or in that foil wrapping. Make sure to let the water come out through the drainage holes of the pot and then dump that water out of the saucer or out of that foil. And don't have them by extreme heat or cold. They are pretty happy with 60 to 70 degree temperatures, so not near a vent that's going to dry them out with the heat 
or drafty doors and windows. And did I do number three? No, number three. Uh, protecting trees from damage from the deer uh, rubbing against them, even mice or just any kind of unwanted critters that are disrupting the bark, especially the newer trees that you've just installed um, this year. Using any kind of wire, mesh, trunk guards, you may need to get creative. PVC piping, um, if the tree isn't very big around, obviously you're not going to want to keep that on there for any length of time, but just as the deer in their rutting season and all that kind of thing, uh, to where they're not going to damage your trees. 404-872-0750. So just had Wesley from Marietta call a little bit ago, keeping zoysia grass out of the blue rug juniper that he likes so much. And I think Vicky in Woodstock, you may have a solution for him. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Really good, and I'm better that you have good advice for Wesley because I just couldn't think of anything. What do you think? Right. Well, the previous garden show used to recommend spraying Roundup or um, you know something similar on a paintbrush or a rag, and then painting the individual sprigs that you want to dye in between those those shrubs. Walter Reeves was the ever patient gardener, and you're absolutely right. He did. I think he even had uh, pictures of like putting maybe an old T-shirt or an old rag or cloth like on a rake if you had a bigger area to do and painting that roundup on. But yeah, actually being able to get down close to it. That's a good idea. That way you're not spraying it and there's no drift or anything, right? That's right. That's Ah, right. He was great. Vicki, thank you so much. I love that. All right. You have a Merry Christmas. You too. Great to hear from you. 404-872-0750 and hoping that uh, you all will still have time to call in with your Christmas traditions. I've loved hearing so many of them this morning here until 9 o'clock. And coming up after the break, we're going to have Pike Nursery talking about living Christmas trees, how to maintain them, how to pick them out, how to best care for them and all of that. If you want to keep that Christmas tree for any sentimental reason, if this is going to be a really special Christmas, you didn't get uh, much of a Christmas with your family last year. So get a tree that you're actually going to be able to keep for years and years, whether it's a cedar, a cypress, anything like that. We're going to get some of the best advice from Pike Nursery. And also, I've got a note, Joe from Marietta used Roundup to kill English ivy in the past. Uh, Roundup may not work now. So wondering when is the next earliest period that uh, he can start working on English ivy. I have some thoughts on that, so I'll share those next 404-872-0750. Really glad you're here with me this morning. Brent is here running the board and producing the show. Anne is here answering your calls. You got a little bit and off next Saturday for Christmas morning, but you'll always be able to go back and listen to previous episodes of Green and Growing uh, before 2022 starts on wsbradio.com. Click on demand or your favorite podcast service. We'll be back. It's Ashley Frasca. Glad you're here. Good morning on 95.5 WSB. been some magic in that old silk hat they found for when they placed it on his head he began to dance around it's green and growing with ashley frasca plants flowers trees and stuff brought to you by pike nurseries on 95.5 wsb The show always flies by for me on a Saturday morning. Been with you since 6 o'clock. Good morning. Ashley Frasca, Green and Growing, with just a little under half an hour to go. And I want to tackle uh, Killing English Ivy for Joe and Marietta. Michael and Alpharetta wondering how to get rid of purslane, uh, a weed, portulaca. It is a a sought-after, really pretty succulent plant um, if you buy it and, you know, put it in a container or a pot or whatever. But, yeah, it's also a weed. So how we'll tackle those. But first up, I want to talk to Jackson Grimsley of Pike Nursery. Good morning, Jackson. Thanks for calling. 
Morning, Ashley. How are you? Really good, and glad to have you back. You've you've got a fun topic uh, with it being one week from Christmas right now. Living Christmas trees. Um, is that something that that is kind of trendy and a lot of people are into right now? Absolutely. So it, it's definitely taken off in the last couple of years. You know, people are looking for more eco-friendly options, and a living Christmas tree is exactly that. So. A living Christmas tree is just a tree that still has its root ball. Um, so it's something that you can plant as soon as you're done with it for the Christmas season. That is so cool. So, yeah, very eco-friendly option. You're not going to have to worry about, you know, taking the uh, the old Christmas tree out to the chipper or dragging it into the woods or whatever when you're done. Um, what are some of the types and varieties of trees that are best sold as a living Christmas tree, Jackson? So our, our most popular ones are definitely things like emerald green arborvitae, uh, dwarf Alberta spruce, uh, definitely some of your um, black pines like a Thunderhead pine or a, a Joe Cozy umbrella pine. So there's a lot of different options and can give you some different looks that would all work really, really well for this. Wow. Now, is this something that, you know, I purchased a Pike Nursery weeks and weeks ago and it's been in my house this whole time? Like, you know, a lot of folks will get their live Christmas trees um, as soon as like the day after Thanksgiving, or is it better to kind of maybe keep it inside for a limited time because it probably wants to be outside, right? Absolutely. You want to leave them outside until about a week before Christmas. Okay. Uh, so, you know, today would be a good day. If you're looking to, to get one today, would be a good day to bring it inside and decorate it. Um, yeah, you know, conifers like a lot of light. So it's something, you know, when you bring them inside, they're not going to be getting as much natural light. Um, the humidity is not as high. And also it tends to be, you know, warmer inside this time of year. So that's something that could kind of trick the plant into pushing out some new growth, which you really don't want when you put it back outside, um, just in case we get a hard freeze or something. So you do want to limit the amount of time that they get inside. I like that. You know, planning ahead, picking one up from Pike Nursery, keeping it maybe on the covered patio or porch for a little bit. And then Jackson, like you said, maybe a week or so before Christmas, bringing it in, enjoying it for the holiday. Um, and then you, you get to work because this is the time of year for planting trees and shrubs, giving them a good chance to get acclimated to the soil and, you know, get their roots established and all of that before the heat and the stress of summer and all of that. So do we need to think about transitioning it out of the house after Christmas or can we just go pop it right in the yard when we're ready? I mean, pretty much as soon as as soon as you're done with Christmas, you want to, you know, take it back outside you know, make sure it's, you know, leave it out there probably in a container for a day or two. Just get it reacclimated to the outdoors. But then as soon as it's ready, you can just pop it right in the ground. Uh, like you said, it's a great time for planting and it's been you know, pretty mild weather right now. So perfect time to put it in the ground. And it's so important to, to stress to folks to evergreens like this. You know, we're talking cedars, different kinds of conifers, cypress, uh, spruce. They're really, really adjusted to consistent moisture, right? So if there's Heavy, heavy rains for a number of days. Give them a chance to dry out. But then when you plant a new tree, don't let it dry out and go without water. So tell us kind of how to stay on top of once it's out in the yard, really monitoring the water needs that it that it needs to establish. It's so important early on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, most, most you know, established plants or, or when you're putting plants in, they're going to need a couple inches of water a week. So like you said, if you know, we have a really wet season. Uh, they won't need as much, you know, water from the hose. But if we go, you know, more than three or four days without rain, um, you know, probably for the first you know, couple months, you're going to want to go ahead and water them uh, just to make sure that they are, you know, getting that consistent moisture. Um, you know, now we do have soil that holds water pretty well here in Georgia. So that is something that does help you out this time of year. 
Now, some of the living Christmas trees, Jackson, that y'all have there in the nursery, how big are they now? Like, if I'm thinking about bringing one, you know, home, are, are we thinking of like a Fraser that's already cut, but it's six or seven feet taller? Are they a little smaller right now? Um, you know, we ha- we have kind of a range of options. You know, with something like a you know an arborvitae or a blue atlas cedar, you could get something as tall as six or seven feet. And then we do have options that, that would work well as tabletop trees as well. You know, that are just two oh, or three cool. feet tall. So there's yeah plenty of options. And now keep in mind too, folks, these do generally become huge trees. Leland cypress, arborvitae, when you plant them outside. So spacing is key. I know right now they're nice and cute and small and thin, but they're going to really, you know, get, gosh, I don't know, Jackson, 10 to 15 feet wide probably, and the airflow and the circulation kind of needed in between those if you plant multiple. Absolutely. That, that is so important. You don't want competing root systems. And like you said, airflow, as long as a plant has good airflow, that really helps it keep uh, from having fungal issues, especially when we get into the really humid months in summer. Yeah. Yeah, letting letting that greenery dry out for sure. Okay, so that's a great idea. Living Christmas trees at Pike Nursery. They're there for you the rest of the week. Closed, of course, on Christmas Day. Um, But anyone who's been in the nursery, Jackson, knows how easy it is to find great gift ideas. But for maybe somebody who's new to this show, new to gardening, or, you know, has a gardener in their life and wouldn't really know where to start by walking into a pike, what are some of the great gift options you guys have? Oh, uh, we've, we've got all kinds of things. So, you know, birding supplies are really popular for Christmas presents, um, especially this time of year when we have a lot of birds moving through in the migratory patterns. Um, so, you know, feeders, uh, seed and suet, birdhouses, all those kinds of things make great presents. Um, landscape plants are a great one. Camellias are really popular right now. Uh, it's one of my favorite shrubs are camellias. Because uh, you can just get color this time of year when not much else is blooming in the landscape. You get really, really nice color. Um, House plants are a great option. Orchids and succulents um, are awesome, awesome options, especially, you know, right now. House plants are so, so popular. Um, so, great, great option for presents. Um, and, you know, just thinking ahead, too, if, you know, you've got someone in your family who's a new homeowner or you're looking to refurbish, you know, your landscape, we do have landscape designs. That's a great present um, to get, you know, like I said, a new homeowner started and they're, and they're getting their new yard, uh, getting all set up and everything. So um, we have tons of great options for presents. That would be really special right now to go ahead and get somebody on the books for a landscape design, you know, the draw out the plans, the consult coming over to the house and kind of looking at what you've got and what you want and being honest with you about, you know, what what you're saying you want may not work. But of course, Pike Nursery landscape design experts are going to be able to come up with stuff that will work, that fits what you want. But uh, getting on the books now, Jackson, because I understand y'all are already booked out to March and April. So it's really important for people to get those appointments now. Absolutely. And, you know, it only gets busier as we get closer to spring. So now is definitely the time to do it. Good. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. And thanks for the work you do. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Ashley. Good to have you back, Jackson. And visit pikenursery.com slash services to learn more about landscape design, installation, uh, pick and plant. There's different stages, different phases that you can do um, depending on, you know, what your budget allows. And pikenursery.com, of course, for all of the Atlanta area locations. So Joe and Marietta calling about uh, using Roundup on English Ivy and has used that with some success in the past. Uh, Roundup does work. Glyphosate, of course, non-selective herbicide. Really, this is a good time of year, though, now that a lot of other things have died back 
to get in there and manually remove as much of the English ivy as you can. Um, I mean, it's so rewarding. My God, once you pull on one vine and it just goes and goes and goes for like 12 feet, 15 feet, uh, you really feel like you've accomplished a lot. Not throwing it in a pile, though, just making sure it's in a lawn refuge bag, a trash can, letting that English ivy sit and die for a couple of weeks before you you know, want to throw it outside somewhere. If you do have a spot by your house where you can, you know, dispose of things like that, you don't want it to just, you know, you're just contributing to spreading it. Um, And fall really is a very good time for the effectiveness of chemicals to work. Um, We had some experts on from Trees Atlanta who were talking about that just months ago. And really, when you make fresh cuts, like with a weed eater or something, the English ivy, that's going to open it up and leave it a little more susceptible for the chemical to work. Um, But the way, you know, Roundup and glyphosate works, it targets the enzyme essential for the growth. And that's why when you put it on the leaves under dry conditions, spraying that glyphosate on the leaves, it takes it down all the way into the plant, kills it all the way down to the root. That's why it's so effective. So, um, But it may take multiple applications of Roundup on English ivy because of the thickness of the leaves and the leathery. And also, my arborist friends would uh, definitely implore me to remind you with the English ivy growing up the trees as well, making sure you can go at that and cut with pruners. Cut very carefully so you don't damage the bark of the tree, but going up two feet from the ground at least and starting to cut, make a big cut around that tree of the English ivy and let that two-foot-tall portion die. That's going to help, you know, it'll die up the tree, and it's not doing any harm to the tree. But over time, just the weight, the mere weight of it can really bring a smaller tree down. 404-872-0750. I want to talk to Michael and Alpharetta really quickly about something pesky in the landscape, too. Hey, Michael, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ashley. Yeah, I've got two weeds in the yard, and... The first one, it almost looks like a small shrub. I mean, the, the, the stems of it are real woody, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one, it, it is small also, and it has like pink tips on it. And the, the, the stems are not as hardy as that, that first one I mentioned, but they're just pesky. They're just taking over the yard. I pull them up by hand, but it's it's not that's not getting the job done. <laughs> no, because it can definitely multiply. So the one with the pink stems, that is purslane. Uh, portulaca. That is a, a sought-after succulent uh, cactus rose that flowers and actually looks really pretty if it's intended as a plant. But yeah, as a weed, not so much. And the thing about it, it can live in concrete, it can live in dry soil, um, but it does spread by seed, Michael. So the best way to do that is a pre-emergent. So putting that pre-emergent herbicide down, one application in the fall, one application in the spring, before it has a chance to spread by seed is going to start to knock it back a little bit. But obviously using a post-emergent like Roundup or something like that. Um, and look at the labels too. You know, it's it's more of a broadleaf weed that you're going to be able to spray. If, you, if you're not comfortable with Roundup or glyphosate, there are broadleaf weed killers that you can use that are going to be selective just to that. Um, but getting a start with a pre-emergent, and I will be telling you on the show, properly timed, when to do it in the spring and when to do it in the fall, that it's at least going to cut it back by... You know, a third, and then you keep on top of that pre-emergent. As far as the woody one, I want you to send me a picture. Uh, On Facebook, go to Green and Growing WSB, like my Facebook page, um, and send me a picture, because I don't know the woody one. That could be a number of things. I can't think right off the top of my head. Thanks for the call, Michael. We'll be right back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend on WSB. In the land.
snow is glistening, a beautiful sight. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. A lot of really good calls and questions to the show today, and a lot of folks couldn't hang on, and I totally get that, because you're out and about, you got a lot of uh, stuff to do, people in the kitchen already cooking and getting things ready for the weekend. Um, So Jenny in Jonesboro called a little bit ago, wants to know when and how much to cut back her double knockout roses. Very, very easy for you, Jenny. They are the most forgiving rose. They're tough. A lot of them still have flowers on them right now, as a matter of fact. Um, Valentine's Day. That's when I do mine. Mine are about five feet high. I leave them through the winter. I'll cut back the ones that are over the walkway and just, you know, broken and and leggy looking. But uh, generally cut them back to like a foot tall. That's it. You can cut them all the way back Valentine's Day and they will sprout out new growth and everything. And if you had some disease, black spot, yellowing leaves on the knockouts this year, a good idea right now to go ahead and remove a lot of those fallen leaves and diseased looking leaves from the base of the plant just to make sure we don't overwinter uh, any diseases. So put it on the calendar. Valentine's Day. That's it. So the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, we're going to encounter showers throughout most of the day. A high of 70, though. So when it is dry, maybe open up the windows. Uh, tomorrow, clearing skies, a high of around 56, and then partly cloudy, getting into the work week. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right. Number one, keep the poinsettias happy. And, you know, check on your other house plants, too. Keep them happy by only watering them when the soil is dry. Stick your finger in there, and when it's dry, they need water. Water deeply. And then when all that water comes out through the uh, drainage holes in the pot, make sure you're not leaving that pot in standing water, whether it's the saucer that it's on or that foil wrapper that's around the poinsettias. Go ahead and dump the water out of that, too. Uh, And you don't have them by extreme heat or cold. Poinsettias are kind of tropical, so they like 60, 70 degrees Um, So you could actually have them outside right now, theoretically, even though they're not an outdoor plant in Georgia this time of year. Um, But away from cold, drafty windows and doors and hot heating vents that are, you know, coming out of the wall or out of the floor. Number two, a lofty one. But have you ever thought about renting a chipper, shredder, and making your own mulch? Put all those small limbs and branches in there and even woody perennial stems. Save yourself some money. And number three, uh, complete protection of the trees. You know, you talked, uh, you heard me talk to Jackson with Pike Nursery about uh, thinking later on down the road, living Christmas trees and putting those evergreens out into the yard later. But some of the more delicate ones with the small, small trunks that you've planted this time of year, using any kind of wiring, mesh, fencing, uh, trunk guards to protect from mice and rodent damage, but also the deer uh, that are rubbing, you know, their antlers up against those. You don't want the bark to come off because then the tree is going to be in bad shape. So uh, it's been a fun show. And I really, really means a lot that a lot of you called in throughout the three hours to share your Christmas traditions with us. And uh, of course, always here for your gardening needs, any advice that uh, you need or things to offer me and the listeners tips and things. I love hearing that. Keep in touch with me on the Facebook page. Search Green and Growing WSB. A lot of you have checked in this morning, and I really, really appreciate that. want to say good morning to Vicki and Reno, who followed me this morning, and Gwen and James. I'm so glad you guys are out there. Everybody have a Merry Christmas. You will not find Green and Growing on this time next Saturday as it is Christmas morning, but I have a great show for you on new year's day if you're up early january 1st merry christmas happy holidays and thank you for all you all do as wsp listeners you are the best 
in the country, in my opinion. A successful campaign with Clark's Christmas Kids last week. Way to go. Spectrum Mobile is reinventing wireless again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.